0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello and welcome to the Blood Red Podcast as we enter the final week before football returns. It seems strange saying that, but that is where we find ourselves. I'm Guy Clark and coming up we've got plenty to get into, including the news that Harry Wilson will stay at Bournemouth for the remainder of the season, as well as some number crunching that's come out of the International Centre for Sports Studies And finally, we'll talk about how we want Anfield to perhaps jazz things up or maybe not when football does indeed return. Joining me to talk about all of that and plenty more besides is Ian Doyle. Doyley, how are you? Okay, you? Yeah, not so bad. Thank you. Connor Dunn's also with us. Connor, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Guy. I assume you're still well as of two seconds ago. Yeah, I I definitely am. And Kiva O'Neill. Kiva, how are you keeping?
2: I'm grand. Thanks, Guy.
1: Happy days. Well, we best get into the news then that has come out today. Doyley, come to to you first with it, and that being the news that Harry Wilson, as expected, is going to be staying with Bournemouth until the Premier League season does
3: conclude. Yeah, it's not a surprise really. I mean, the, obviously the initial deal was that Wilson would spend the rest, the, the whole season at, at Bournemouth, and obviously the the break in the season has kind of cast. Was cast not just that, but all of the loan deals into question. But for the minute that the Premier League, you know, got around the table or virtually around the table and started to decide the the finer details of how things were going to pan out for the rest of the season, I think you know all of the all of the loan deals will be uh, pretty much the same. I think we can expect the same with Rian Brewster at Swansea as well. So no major surprise there.
1: No, certainly not. He's he's had quite a productive time, hasn't he, Connor, down on the south coast. Of course, this is the second consecutive season that he spent away from Anfield last year. He was at Derby this year at Bournemouth. And looking at the numbers, seven goals in 19 starts in the Premier League. It's been a, a decent step up for him.
0: Yeah, certainly so. I think you can look at both Harry Wilson campaigns over the last few seasons. He's impressed in both the Championship and he's impressed in the Premier League this season. Obviously, it's his first season in the top flight and he scored one less goal than Bournemouth's top goal scorer Callum Wilson and he's playing obviously in a kind of attacking midfield role. So yeah, really decent output. Um I guess we'll probably discuss if he's gonna make it at Liverpool, but you've got to say, you know, when Liverpool went down to play Bournemouth, Klopp said himself he was pleased Harry Wilson was ineligible. He knows he knows how good he is um and certainly a talent to look out for. And obviously he's still young, at only twenty-three. Um but yeah, he's, he's had two very decent campaigns. But the deal kind of started, didn't it, when he was left out of Liverpool's um, charity shield squad. And they had all those substitutes. And Harry Wilson obviously wasn't picked after being used throughout pre-season. So I think that kind of sealed his fate almost to go down and go on loan. But as you say, yeah, he's been, he's been impressive. And he'll be integral to Bournemouth going forward, despite themselves being in the relegation zone. That's nothing really on him. He'll be on one of their main hopes to lift them out of that in the final nine games. So, yeah, an interesting prospect.
1: Yeah, definitely the case. And Kiva, looking at the league table as we're going to be getting more and more accustomed to once more after the big freeze is over and football is back underway. Of course, as Connor said there, Bournemouth are at the moment 18th in the Premier League table. So I suppose as much as obviously it's the formality of the loan deal, the original loan agreement being concluded as for the whole season, actually it will serve... Harry Wilson far better being at Bournemouth, say, with that pressure of having to try and keep them in the Premier League as opposed to perhaps coming back to Anfield and getting a handful of games maybe off the substitutes bench.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think if you look at sort of what he's done this season for Bournemouth, he's definitely stepped up. Everyone was wondering, you know, what the season would sort of hold for him last summer. Would he, you know, would Klopp keep him around and would he get that handful of appearances or would he go out on loan to a Premier League side and prove himself in the Premier League. And I think he's done just that. You know, if you look at Liverpool's goal scorers, I think Firmino's got eight in the Premier League and then Wilson's got seven for Bournemouth. The closest to that there, I think, is Oxlade-Chamberlain with three. So Liverpool clearly could do with those goals when you think about him as a player. You know, they're not getting them from that. They're getting them sporadically from the midfield and, you know, obviously from the defence and stuff. But he's definitely adding something there, you know. Um, and I think when you look at the goals he has scored as well, they haven't just been, you know, sort of bit park goals. They've been against Man City. He scored a race against Spurs. Um, obviously, they lost both of them games, which has sort of been the telltale sign for Bournemouth this season. But, you know, he's going to be a crucial player for them. And I bet you they're delighted with the news today. Um, you know, he scored against Saints as well, which is obviously... Southampton, obviously a big big game for them. It's a derby, isn't it, down there on the South Coast? So, you know, he seems to be like he is a big game player and now you're kind of wondering what does the future hold for him? You know, I've I put out a few things on, on uh, Facebook and Twitter today, just asking our followers, keep or sell, and everyone is kind of Divided. I think more people want to keep him than not, but it's like a 55 45 split. So, you know, it is very interesting. He's at a, a funny age now as well 23. He's not young anymore and he's not yet old. So, this is, you know, it's going to be uh, really interesting to see what does happen in, in the coming months. I
1: suppose added to all of that, Doily, as well as the fact that at 23, having been out on loan at the likes of Crew Hull, Derby and and now Bournemouth especially the last sort of two and a half years now he's been pretty much based away from Melwood away from Anfield people having heard a lot about him from coming through the youth ranks all of a sudden have had to watch him away from the club but I suppose there's a lot of as as Kiva was saying intrigue as as to whether he can come back in the summer or at the end of the season and perhaps remain a Liverpool player full-time going forward
3: yeah, there's been a lot of intrigue, but I don't think there's any chance he'll ever play for Liverpool, to be honest. Just want to end that one there. <laughs> he has been three and a half years since he played for Liverpool, which was one substitute appearance to get at Plymouth in the FA Cup. I think I'm right in saying he was there for that one. And even then, it was kind of what, what opportunities is he going to get? And as you mentioned, he's been on loan quite a few times since then. The thing about him is that he's scored goals wherever he's gone. He scored goals in the, you know, the under-18s, the under-23s, scored him in the Championship, scored him in the Premier League, scored some at international level, I believe, as well. So he gets goals, but it's whether or not he's the step-up, not supposed to step up from, you know, can't say step up from Mane and for me, you Firmino, know, but more uh, and, and improvements on the options that Liverpool have already got in that. And don't forget that Liverpool, since Wilson's been away, Curtis Jones has come through. And I think... While Curtis Jones has been playing, when he's played for the first team, he's played a lot You know, in terms of he's been central midfield. I think he could do a job on the left. That's where he's played for the under-23s. That's where he played in the the youth league, UEFA Youth League, this season. So I'd be surprised if Wilson comes back and ends up playing games. But the only caveat for all of that is the transfer window in the sense nobody really knows what's going to happen, nobody knows whether or not Bournemouth, whether they want to sign him, will be able to afford whatever Liverpool asks for. Maybe Liverpool won't get the fee that they perhaps could have wanted. And then it comes to a point where they go, well, it's actually better to keep him and use him as an option than it is to sell him for a fee that we know he's worth an awful lot more than that. So... That's possibly the only thing that could save him. and You know, Jurgen Klopp, is a fan of him and he'll always talk of his players that go out on loan. I mean, there's obviously, there's about to think of the nine or 10 overall all this season. So it's not just about Wilson in terms of impressing away from, from Anfield and away from Melwood, but you forget that it has been so long since he's actually played that solitary game for the first team. And yeah, he, he did make, you know, a little bit of an impact during the summer last year. But again, that was because the likes of Mane wasn't there. Salah wasn't there for most of it, Firmino wasn't there for most of it. So it was the same with him and Ryan Kent. And Ryan Kent obviously went off and he's he's done very well at Rangers. And I suspect, and and I think Ryan Kent played one game for Liverpool as well. I think it was in the FA Cup about four years ago. So there's a bit of a parallel to be made there. I think Wilson, I quite like him. I've obviously seen him playing for years, but I'd be amazed if he ever plays for Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I was I was going to say as well, to be honest, you have to definitely consider Curtis Jones because the way he stepped up this season in that sort of role probably shuts the door for Wilson, more or less. And then you've got to think, while Wilson's been away, Liverpool bought him in Amino. The uh, they're going to want to bring him through. They've still got Origi. There's still obviously hopes around him, see what he does. He wants to fight for his place. And then if you drop slightly further back in that attacking role, you've got Oxlade Chamberlain, Keita, who they still obviously hope for, pay £50 million for. It's just... In the position that Wilson plays, there's just such an abundance of options and so many players around. And obviously, with the AFCON probably maybe not going ahead, you just can't really see where he's going to get game time for Liverpool.
1: Kiefer, is he then perhaps somewhat of a a victim of circumstance and situation? Because since going out on loan to Hull, I think that was January 2018, of course, Liverpool have reached two Champions League finals without him. That was during Mohamed Salah's breakout first year of course at Liverpool as well that now you're looking at it and as Doily referred to you can't really see where his face fits in that Liverpool forward line or in basically the makeup of Jurgen Klopp's side.
2: And that's why he's been loaned out so much Um, I think there hasn't been a space for him has there and there hasn't almost even been a sort of space for him on the bench so you know what better way to get a player up to you know professional level and the experience across the, you know, the championship and then making the step up to the Premier League than to loan them out. So, you know, them loans have been probably crucial in his career and, you know, have been formative for him. You know, he stood out and had some incredible, he, I mean, I was thinking earlier, you know, he's probably one of the most standout Liverpool loanees ever. You know, the Liverpool have ever loaned out the amount of headlines he's written you know, from Derby, that, that goal against Man United and, you know, giving it the the high five. Um, you know, them standout moments. I don't think Liverpool fans have buzzed off a player as much who, who's been on loan. You know, he's definitely um, sent shockwaves in, in terms of that. But then you just kind of look and you just don't know if there's a space for him. It's similar to Marco Grewic and players like that. We're just, you feel Liverpool are almost holding on to these players because Klopp obviously... Does think there's something there, but you know it's it's such a big decision to make, isn't it? Whether you let these players go and then um, you know they, they become something that you you know you you miss out on. Then um, I think Harry Wilson will very much be one of them players if he can keep up in what he's doing. But obviously, you feel like maybe Bournemouth is is level, and then can he you know continue to sort of grow at a club of that sort of stature, and then maybe you know, come back and get his move to to a club of, of Liverpool size. You just it, it is so hard, you know, the academy are producing so many talented young players and I think the arrival of Harvey Elliott and, as the lads mentioned, Curtis Jones, you know, these are players that are really, really exciting. Um, Jürgen Klopp and his backroom staff at the minute and, you know, Harry Wilson is at that age, as we've mentioned, that he just seems to be getting pushed out ever so slightly. And, you know, that's just the way of the world. You know, he's, he's still got a marvellous career ahead of him. He's, you know, I think he was made his Wales debut, the youngest ever player. You know, the player to do that before was Gareth Bale. So, you know, he's he's definitely special for Wales. And I think he can be special for another club. But it doesn't seem like that club might be might be Liverpool. But, you know, I'm sure he still holds our hope and he'd give us all if Jürgen Klopp did say, you know, let's give it a year, let's give it a season because um, you you don't know what to go like as Ian mentioned obviously sort of financial uncertainty at the minute but if Shakiri, for example a couple of other players to leave is then that not a space for him if liverpool are wanting to go out into the market and buy someone you know i feel like um it would be sort of it wouldn't be unjust would it to give him a go
0: it'll probably come down to a few factors in the summer won't it As have said there you know whether Liverpool are going to get the price they wanted, and actually, it might just be better to keep him. You've got to think, obviously, the Harvey Elliott has got six or seven years on Harry Wilson of development. So, there's obviously that factor to play in. But then, will it come down to if they can get X amount for him? Will that go to somebody else they want to bring in? There's loads of things that the state of play, but I wouldn't be surprised given the circumstances. And then, it will probably not go in and spend a mega bucks this summer if he stayed for another year and see. But then again, that might depend if he's happy to play a bit part to fill in, in the cups and try and make an impact elsewhere and, and try and force his way into the first team. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny situation for him, really.
3: If you, you were Harry Wilson, you, you'd not want to go back to Liverpool and then never play, would you? Because no, you've definitely. just played an entire season in the Premier League. And if Bournemouth go down, which there's every chance that they might, I would imagine there'd be three, four, five Premier League clubs who'd be saying to Liverpool, at the very least, do you mind if we take him on loan for a season? And then possibly with a view to Paying a fee twelve months down the line, it's like something that Southampton did with Danny Ings, so that that's possible. So I think it'll. I actually just genuinely think it will. As Connor said, I think it'll come down to the player what he wants because he signed the contract didn't he last season? Which the club, not just Liverpool, but a number of clubs do now when they loan out the players, they sign a contract so they're long enough for them to just still stick around or get a fee for them if they do well enough. And I think uh, Liverpool done that quite a few times. have not they did that with Kent? Didn't they did with yeah, Gruwich as do. well? Carrius as well was the the. The notable one. I think he's still got another couple of years left on his Liverpool deal. I don't think they expected him to be uh, <laughs> coming back, to be honest. Uh, but going back to Wilson, yeah, I think it'll come down to him. I think it depends on what he wants. Or uh, or if somebody just comes in with a ridiculous bid for him, which is, you know, it could still happen.
1: Now, I suppose a couple of his Derby loney teammates from last year, Fakao Tomori and Mason Mount, have done quite well with, with Chelsea at oh. the top end of the league. So, even aside, side higher up the league than, than Bournemouth may well take a punt. Well, that's one player who's come through the youth system that Liverpool could end up making some money on. And, well, the uh, the Buffins, shall we call them doily, at the uh, International Centre for Football Studies, you've been ploughing through this report and looking into the, the most valuable players in the planet that they've listed off. And number four on that list is one mm. of Liverpool's very own that's come out of the academy at Kirby. And that, of course, being Trent Alexander-Arnold.
3: Yeah, I'm glad we've used the word "boffins." there. "boffins" is a is a word. It's one of those words that we only ever write. We'd never say it. Prag- pragmatic, as well, I think, is another one. And, and and if there's ever a car crash, it's a prank. So these are only journalism words. You would never hear them anywhere else. Um, anyway, and if seven go- go- and, now, if se- yeah. and if seven goals are scored in a game, of course, it's a seven goal thriller. But it is, yeah, it is, yeah. A team <laughs> that always share a certain amount of goals, it's great, isn't it? Anyway, and not not, not that we're telling everybody how to do our job. Um, but going back to going back to uh, going back to trends. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny with the um, these things always you know cause a little bit of consternation amongst people because they just automatically think, oh, you're saying that person's better than this person, or you know, because I think Messi's worth a hundred million, and I'm pretty sure that everyone in the world, no matter how good Trent is, I think Messi might be slightly better at football than Trent Alexander-Arnold, certainly at the moment. Um, but Messi's thirty-three, is he or some thirty-two, and he's in the last year of his contract, whereas Trent's obviously very young, twenty-one, and he's got you know loads of years left on his contract, so it would cost. That amount of money to prize him away from the club, I think, is the question. So there was only uh, Killian Mbappe, Jadon Sancho, and Raheem Sterling ahead of him, which you know, two other English players. So it shows you that England are in, in good, you know, in good nick. I think um, Liverpool overall. I think it was, was it four players in the top seven. I can't remember now. Was it four or three? I think three. it was three. Yeah. yeah, three. Three wasn't it? See, that's right. It was Sadio Mane and uh, Mohamed Salah. But and we may. Are we going to mention the point about the midfielders now? Do you want to do it yeah, now? Yeah, we yeah we can. By all means, hey, sure. yeah. yeah 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 well the mid it's funny because alison becker's the second or ranked the second most valuable um goalkeeper uh obviously Trent's the most valuable defender and you've got uh Virgil van dyke and andy robertson uh next to him as well and you've got um as we said salah and manny and firmino's up there as well in the forwards but there's not a single liverpool midfielder in the entire list of you know the top 20 or 30 most valuable players Midfielders in Europe, I don't know part of that might be because you know you look at Juan Alden's got a year left on his contract, and you know Henderson's coming up to 30 years age, and you know Milner's old, and there's all this, that, and the other with the, the others. I'm surprised Fabinho's not there to be honest. I thought he might have been there when I think they did it last year, and he certainly was. So I don't know whether that's just an example of Liverpool's midfield being underappreciated in terms of well, it's, yeah, well to be fair, it is an example of a midfield being underappreciated, which when you consider that. Of all the parts of the team that needs to be working well for Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp to actually be doing anything, it's the midfield. And that, ironically, is the one area where he changes all the players all the time. Very rarely changes the back four, hardly ever changes the front three. But the midfield is the one that he's always mixing and matching. That's why you have Milnes playing certain games. Henderson, you know, Allden plays most of them. Fabinho's the caters in and out. Oxlade-Chamberlain gets his game. Delano's had one or two. And Shaqiri, whenever he's fit, he's, he's played a little bit as well. So they all get an opportunity. But it's it's almost like it's to the detriment of their own brand, for want of a better word, but for the good of the team. And ultimately, that's what Jürgen Club wants from midfielders.
1: Yeah, certainly. I know this year, obviously, Jordan Henderson has got a lot of praise i suppose in, in the media as much as anywhere Connor for being the captain the favorite for the pfa player of the year award but as says this report i suppose just does underline that actually that role is somewhat of a thankless task in the liverpool midfield as glorious as it is playing for the side 25 points clear at the top of the premier league someone's got to sort of do do the hard yards
0: yeah certainly so it's the classic thing we always talk about isn't it where you go and watch Liverpool play and you can see you know when I think has started has he started every Premier League game this year. Half-for-one. One Half one.
3: One
0: yeah. Yeah, and then you, you have Henderson, obviously we've discussed him in so much detail about how much he worked for the team, how good he is for the team. And you've obviously got Fabinho, who is unbelievably good before his injury. Um but none of these players really before Liverpool started really winning things and progressing to finals did other people go, Oh well, wow, maybe they are really are something. It was when you win and watch Liverpool every week you thought, yeah, they are the ones, the integral part of the team working for the front and the back and all over the pitch. So it's kind of that that role where it's probably one of the most, if not the most important area of the pitch, but because it's not quite a glamorous role where you're scoring goals or you're making last-ditch block, but you're just working for everybody else, then it's, it's difficult for other people to maybe appreciate just quite how good they are.
1: The Blood Red Podcast
2: from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Kiva, we've spoken throughout the course of the season on this podcast about a number of the the midfield players said there about Henderson being the captain. We've spoken about Fabinho early part of the season, the form he showed, Oxlade-Chamberlain coming in, scoring goals. Even Adam Lallana, when he got into the side and criticism that's been levelled at Naby Keita. But Jorginho Vinaldo seems to be the one guy that... Even through all of this continues to sort of go under the radar. Yet, if you speak to people who go to Anfield and watch Liverpool on a regular basis, he's quite often the guy who catches the eye and really makes things happen.
2: Yeah, and I think the reason why he catches the eye if you watch him is because of his ability to keep hold of the ball when there's about fifteen men around him. You no, know, that's that's so enjoyable to watch. Um, he just seems to have little magnets on his feet, doesn't he? And seems to when he pops up in the midfield with the ball and always seems to. No matter what, um, keep hold of it and, you know, get it get it moving forward. And I think a lot of the time Liverpool's midfield are overlooked and, you know, I think Klopp's spoken in the past about genuine Aldam Henderson and what a job they do, do. And obviously Henderson's starting to get the praise I think he, he's deserved for a long time now. And um, but then even so there's people saying he doesn't deserve to be the player of the year and stuff. So, you know, I think there's a long way to go in terms of that. I think it is it's quite shocking how much Liverpool's midfield are underrated if you look in terms of past Champions League winners, past Premier League winners. You know, there's always been them them midfielders that have that have shone and been, you know, awarded things. You look at Modric, players like that. Um, you know, Barcelona's midfield was very much, you know, Messi's the best player, but Barcelona's midfield for all M years were, you know were praised so much and I don't think Liverpool quite have that the same and I think it is you know because obviously the full backs are immense they've got the world's best goalkeeper the world's best centre-half the world's second best centre-half whether it be Gomez or Matip Um, you know and that scintillating front three so you know a lot of the times in the engine room them lads are getting forgotten but you know I think Liverpool fans very much so know that you know what an important job these players do Week in, week out for Liverpool, Um, but obviously, you know, you do, you do think that they are more often than not overlooked, and this hasn't been something that just, you know, happening now. It's been happening the past couple of seasons. You know, they've just been sort of, you know, people would rather choose a Man City midfielder, or does it come because you can't? Maybe then you can't choose the whole Liverpool eleven. So it's like, oh well, who can we leave out? And maybe it would be the midfield because it is so fluid, and you know, not everyone's playing every game. Klopp mixes it up. Um, so it is interesting, but they definitely are underrated by, by, well, you perceive a lot of people.
3: Whatever you do, don't go up to Jürgen Klopp and say that Gini Wijnaldum's going under the radar, because I asked him a question once, saying, there are some people that say he's under the radar, and he basically went, who are these people? Show me these people. <laughs> who are these people? He's not under my radar, et cetera, et cetera. He got, got quite, not angry, but he got a bit animated about it all. So I think that tells you all you need to know about what Jürgen Klopp thinks about Gini Wijnaldum.
1: And on Wijnaldum, like you said before, he's played all but one of the Premier League games this season. He's a real trusted player for Jurgen Klopp. Yet when you think of Gini Wijnaldum, the immediate thing that springs to mind, of course, is Barcelona. Yet this season, he's, he's been there every step of the way that Liverpool have gone 25 points clear at the top of the league. And I think really the standout moment I can think of him is when Dean Henderson fumbled his shot through his hands <laughs> away at Bramall Lane. He's been, been slightly better than that, to be fair. Come on. No, I mean, uh, he's been
3: brilliant, yeah, but I mean, when you think, think of yeah, yeah, standout moments. But the thing about Aldum is that I think people forget when he first started for at least 18 months, he used to have what we used to call, certainly the ones who went to the game, called uh, ghost mode, where if he played away from home, he'd just disappear. There'd be some games where he literally just, it was almost as if he was doing nothing. And I think it's taken, whether he actually wasn't making the impact that he did or was supposed to be, but it's perhaps taken people that long to realize what he does and they're the people who go to the game every week and watch him regularly anyway so people who don't watch liverpool regularly might look at his you know where where his assists where his goals where his strong tackles you know what does he do but if you actually watch him properly he's got such a great engine as kiva said he just loves you know holding everybody off and he's able to play he's able to play to instruction which is what something that perhaps a lot of liverpool midfielders do because they have to because then that allows the likes of Trent to bomb on, Robertson to bomb on, and the top and the front three to just run around and do the thing that they do. Because don't forget, after <laughs> time they've got Firmino's popping down, popping back into midfield. So they'd be like, if it was anyone else, you'd be like, "What are you doing here? Get up front." But they've been conditioned to know where he's going to be and what he's going to be doing. And as Connor said, they're putting themselves as sorry, putting the team first as opposed to their own individual glory because they know they're going to get it from winning the Champions League, the Super Cup, the Club World Cup and it will be the Premier League.
1: Yeah, and now to guy who scored maybe one of the most important goals for Liverpool, that goal against Middlesbrough on the final day of the season in 2017 that opened the floodgates and of course Liverpool have gone on ever since then but... Connor, on Friday, we had a quite lively podcast talking about, of course, a certain Mr. Werner. I didn't want to bring his name up, but there we go. I I, promised, but (laughs) I I, I had to do it. You can't help yourself now. I couldn't help myself at all, but everybody gets obsessed and wanting to see a new forward come through the door people talk about the front three need re-energizing someone else needs bringing in but when you look at the the profile of the midfield players at Liverpool they're actually older than those higher up the pitch and the way we've spoke there about the underrated job and the work the midfield get through it's going to be an almighty task for Jurgen Klopp to have to replace a few of these at once
0: yeah certainly so I think it's always the case that these players grab the headlines, don't they? When Werner's scoring goals, they highlight real players. You know, they have so many standout moments in different games and and they're then the players that fans really want to see play for your club. And there is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funny it's a bit of a funny thing, the whole Werner clamour because I know we obviously weren't gonna massively speak about him, but you know, Liverpool's front three, Liverpool's backup choices are of a world class standard pretty much. And then you look away from that Liverpool desperately need a back up left back. Now you're gonna desperately need a couple of players to fill in that midfield in the in the next year or so with, you know, Milner thirty four, Henderson thirty, you know, they're not gonna last forever doing the job they do, doing the amount of running they do, the amount of work they do in the game, but there just doesn't seem to quite be this um this rhetoric that we need these days. It's just only the up only the forwards. But yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting one how they, how that seems to get overlooked as well.
1: Yeah, and key obviously there's much anticipation as to the breakthrough that Curtis Jones could perhaps have next season, but Adam Lallana, of course, is going. These players are going to be getting a year older, as Connor said, looking at some of the, the ages. Henderson's soon to turn 30, Wynaldum himself is 29, and Milner's 34. There may well be a need for Liverpool to, in this transfer window, whenever it does open, actually look at that midfield as more of a pressing issue.
2: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think next season will be very much, it seems like it'll be Jones Jones's sort of year to sort of step up and make sure Liverpool don't need to go into the market for a player like him because he can be that player. I think that it's gonna be a, a big year for him. Um a big couple of years if not. And um I think obviously with Milner, you know, that is the one sort of sadness to it because you feel like, you know, he's probably entered in the, the last couple of years of his career. But who knows, he might go on forever. He just he doesn't seem like he's ever gonna stop, does he? So hopefully, you know, he's still beating the lads at the different fitness tests and stuff. So who says, you know, he's he's looked after his body, he's in good shape. Who says he can't go on for three, four more seasons? Like you wouldn't you wouldn't put it if you were gonna put it past someone, it would definitely be Milner who's able to capable to pull off something like that. Um, but, you know, it is a worry then of getting in because that's going to be a massive job replacing him. He's been so versatile. You know, we could talk all day how important he's been to Liverpool. And, you know, I definitely want to see him on that backroom staff, get him get him coaching straight away. Don't don't let him leave the club. Like, his knowledge and experience is just, you know, I think he, you definitely need to keep him on. Um, Henderson, you know, if Milner's still a I'd still say Milner's at the top of his game now. He's played better for us than anyone else he's played for. He's played more times for us. I think maybe scored more goals, obviously a lot of penalties. But, you know, Henderson's still got them four years to to be that player. You know, obviously, you know, he will start to tire as he, he gets a little bit older, as we all do. But um, I think there's that sort of one maybe with Wijnaldum's contract sort of hanging over your head a little bit, as though, you know, is he looking to to move on maybe, or, you know, is he happy to stick around? And I think getting him signed up is definitely going to be an important um, important for Liverpool going forward. And then, you know, you would like to think what this whole, you know, financial sort of uncertainty holds to Liverpool is does give them younger players an opportunity to, you know, step up to the place. And I think, you know, a lot of Liverpool fans welcome that. There's there's a lot of people just like sign players sign players but you know we know ourselves it's not as easy as that as you've seen with the W, WTW won't, won't mention them anymore because
0: you must not be named
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I haven't even really obviously I haven't been on a lot of podcasts but I haven't really had me say on when and I just think it's I'm already over it like don't worry about it Liverpool are about to win the Premier League don't worry about it you know I think this squad the one thing about it is um. I think we've still got this season. Liverpool are gonna hopefully go and win the Premier League next season and challenge on all fronts. I'm not worried about next season at all. I think this team can keep going. You know, they've shown they've done that last year, this year, and I think they can keep they can take it in into the next season. I think then next summer, then I'll start to be, you know, worrying about little bits and bobs of players like Milner maybe leaving and stuff like that. I think we've got more worries next summer than we have this summer so
3: that's just basking it don't forget for the midfielders you mentioned then you didn't say Fabinho, Oxlade, Chamberlain and yeah, Cater. exactly and they're all 25, 26, 24 oh, I think they are me, yeah. they're certainly not the age that Henderson and Juan and Milner are so that's an entire midfield by itself that could play instead of those three I'm not advocating that they do in fact I think I actually once wrote they should never play together again after they play the <laughs> bank away from home so they don't do that but then you'd also look at it uh, Curtis Jones is coming through and to a lesser extent looking a lot further down the line they've, they've, they've got a lot of lot of faith in Leighton Clarks, And so there are these players that can come in I don't, as Kiva said I think it's a, not this summer next summer where and perhaps that's what Klopp and FSG thinking they're thinking right we can get another year out of nearly all of these and then we've got to start doing a little bit of long term planning and they'll have targets they'll have players that they want to sign they'll put a bit of faith in youth and you know there will be players who will want to move on so We'll just have to wait and see. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, without wishing to mention, to talk too much, sorry, about transfers. I, Unless Liverpool get a bit of money in for some of these players like Wilson that we mentioned, I would be surprised if they bought anyone major. But you can't rule it out because, what was it, three months ago, if you'd have said to us, oh, we're all going to be sat in this sat in our houses doing these podcasts, you'd have said, you are. And um, anyway, in three months' time, the transfer window will be open and we don't know what will be happening then. So maybe the actual financial impact of what's been happening it'll have perhaps lessened clubs will have a better idea of what's happened they might know when fans might be allowed back in the stadium so it could all be changed and you might have a, a transfer which very much towards the end whenever that is i think we're led to believe it could be the end of september or the start of october that suddenly clubs start buying players because they realize they can afford them
1: yeah we'll, we'll certainly have to Wait and see, Kiefer. I think you you made plenty of sense more than maybe most of us have on, on team Werner, saying that you're already over it immediately as as much as it, it, it's finished yet. Yeah, that one is done. You won't hear much more from, as I, I have to say, Dolly, from now on, I do promise I won't be That That is it done. Well, <laughs> before we go, though, on, on this pod, let's talk about football returning. As I said at the top, this is the final full week that we've got to get through, Connor, without any football. Of course, then Liverpool will be returning the Merseyside derby. Still yet to know exactly where it's going to get played. But the game against Palace is going to be the first one back at Anfield. Over the weekend, Bundesliga trialled piping in stadium effects into the grounds and things and we'll just have a quick chat before we go about what maybe Liverpool could do at Anfield to spice things up and make it feel as though we're all still able to be there
0: yeah so I know there's been a bit of a chat about whether or not to play you'll never walk alone I think they should absolutely do it over the speakers it's Liverpool's anthem the players will be so used to hearing it the opposition will be so used to fearing it I think I really really enjoyed the crowd noise in the Bundesliga I've enjoyed the goal music I think it's just added a little bit of drama to the football what the, the crowd would normally add so um, I'm all for everything really just as, as much atmosphere inside the stadium as possible because obviously everyone's going to be buzzing at home in front of their television so <laughs> Dolly your take <laughs> on that um, sorry Fry
3: I didn't see the Bundesliga this weekend did they actually pipe the, the sound into the stadium well, yeah, as opposed to no 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 I think it, yeah, no, it was on
1: top of the commentary and I think Sky Sports have similar plans that
3: those yeah, who have I, sports I subscriptions the, the Sky sport. got a, Sky gonna use EA, you know, FIFA basically by EA Sports to use all the chants. So anybody who's played FIFA, you'll know exactly what the crowd's gonna be like. So Is the
1: commentary uh... gonna be the same as well, the same lines that just get rolled out over <laughs> yeah. the different yeah, the
0: does... different yeah, sequences yeah, yeah. of play. You buy a ticket, you yeah. will not win the raffle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, that's a good idea for us to write something on that actually. Um, but yeah. I mean, I read something as well. There was something knocking around where there's been some, not so much directed, but some suggestion from the Premier League to clubs to basically cover the first few rows of the of sta- of the um, of the stands, basically the, the seats that are on show for television. And whether or not that means Liverpool will get, you know, Spirit Shanky or some fans groups in to put banners down, or, or I think in Denmark they put some big screens up where they have people watching, it, watching the game on Zoom bit weird if you ask me i can't really see that happening imagine going up player scoring and celebrating in front of all these people on the screen that would be a little bit odd The cardboard cutouts Yeah, is quite good i mean they did, saying that they've done that with the uh the rugby league in australia they were the first ones to use the the pipe uh, the the crowd noise on top of the commentary and they had the cardboard cutouts and dominic cummings was there for one of oh, the yeah. games which was yeah which was nice to see you know a little bit further than gets about dunny I've got to say a bit, bit further than 30, 30 minutes just to check his eyes. <laughs> anyway, um, so it, it will be interesting to see what Liverpool do because I'd imagine that they will get they will seriously get some of the fans involved. We'll see uh, some of the more familiar banners, shall we say, that we see around the ground in the cop. We'll be seeing them draped around. So, I mean, let's be honest, it's not going to be the same as when fans are there. We know this. We've seen now for a couple of weeks what it's like in Germany and with other sports. It's not quite the same, but... Once the game starts, and you know anything that helps, try and make the environment or the atmosphere or the whole experience a little bit more normal than Sorry, less sterile. That's the word I was looking for. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's
0: what I'm up for.
1: Like your uh, comments on Dominic Cummings as well. Who said we couldn't offer political satire <laughs> here on Blood Red? We certainly did that. Kiva, yourself, banners, go music.
2: Um, I definitely get the banners on the car. Um I think for the anniversary of Hillsborough that that was very poignant having those banners. Get them banners back up, definitely them, um at the top, hanging down. And then, you know, I think I'd just drape drape the cop, even if you can't see them. Just, you know, if the club I'm sure the club have got some ideas and thoughts, but you know, to get to get your banner in to to witness probably Liverpool win in the Premier League. If you can't be there it's not the second best thing. It's not good at all, is it? But, you know, it's it's a part of history and to see a banner and, you know, looking back on those I think it'll be important. You know, Liverpool have got such a such a great fan base and the cop is always, you know, where everyone looks to straight away when when, you know, in the build up to the match and stuff. And like Connor said, you'll never walk alone. Definitely has to be played. Like um, without a doubt, because, you know, I think it'll be quite emotional for everyone anyway. It's sort of become the song, hasn't it, of the past few months? Um, you know, different different people doing renditions of it from Marcus Mumford, Captain Tom. I think everyone's had a go of it now, haven't they? So I might have to have a little try myself. Um, maybe we'll we'll ask followers to send in their renditions <laughs> or something. Hey, I've got a good singing voice here, and don't be shaking your head. Well,
3: I will take your word for it.
2: Yeah, all right. Yeah, so definitely do that. I'm, I'm not really keen on, like, the, the fake noise. But if it improves it, then, yeah, because I've been watching the Bundesliga and just, like, you know, just feeling like this is dull. Like, it just doesn't feel like... I think you, you didn't realise until all this how important fans were in terms of even watching the match from home. You know, being there is a different thing, but watching it from home, you, it definitely, like... I think the the numbers of, um Bundesliga sides that have won from home has been quite few hasn't it won at home so there's no home advantage anymore and you know we know how important fans are for you know getting on the players backs and you know singing them on as well when they're in a in a spot of trouble um, so definitely you know maybe if that can help but it's just dull isn't it really you know it's not where we want to be at but yeah I guess we, we'll never walk alone so definitely that's that's number one and get the banners on and then I've, I've ran out of ideas because yeah I'm not. I'm
3: not. I'm not the ideas. Well, how how many many times in the past have you watched the game? You flip the game on television. It's got halfway through, and there's been loads of empty seats. And the one thing you don't say is, "Oh, what's the score?" or "What's going on?" You just go, "Where is everybody?" That's what you say because empty seats look terrible on television. And I think we're kind of getting used to that fact now people didn't realize it already so i'm i'm intrigued to see what liverpool not just liverpool but all of them do because i know some of the german clubs have put some banners and they don't you know as connor said they've had the cardboard cutouts of people so i i think it'd be i'm not excited but i'm just intrigued because there's an opportunity here for liverpool to do something special because if they do end up winning the league at anfield it could be a, a very special moment and a very strange and unique one which they could capitalize on in some way
2: I remember I went to a Coldplay gig, don't judge me people, Coldplay Grace. At, at the SEAD actually Man City's ground, of course. Um it was like twenty twelve or something. Um and they had like sort of like wristbands and they'd light up. So I don't know if like you'd a season ticket holder, or whether Liverpool I know it's funds and things like that, but that would be a good idea in terms of like, you know, getting getting a a, a wristband there's a light on your seat and then you've got it at home because they just seem to work like but obviously it's only a couple of weeks and you know i should probably like patent this before someone does it
0: i think whatever the case as doily said there liberal will have an opportunity to literally make history you know this is probably never going to happen again i've never seen it before could do something so special that it just goes down as the best or one of the best pieces of history ever made despite the circumstances
1: Yes, certainly. Well, that wraps it up for us here on Monday's edition of the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. If you're watching on YouTube, if you could like, rate, comment in the uh, comment section and wherever you get your audio on demand, leave us a rating and review that always more than appreciated. But from myself and the guys here on the podcast, that's all we've got for this edition. Thanks for your time and your company. Until next time. Bye for now.